Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Christmas is canceled. It's due to everything I've had to experience over the past fucking 24 hours. No more Christmas. Okay. I mean, it's still my birthday, so. It's fine. I'll just, I'll get presents then too. No. No. You can wait till January. As soon as we started recording, my eyes got so fucking heavy. <laughs> Which is, we have a lot to talk about. We have so much to talk about. So much. So let's get started. Hello. It is December 14th, 2023. If you're new here, we are married. We own a lot of movies. We talk about both those things. And we hope that it's entertaining and funny for you to uh, listen to. And if it's not. And if it's not. Get the fuck out. Yeah, turn it the fuck off. Um, and if it's not. Well, that's not a big surprise because Samantha's just going to be on through half of what we're, you're listening to. Excuse so. me. Uh, it's been it's oh, been I a have, minute since we notes re- recorded. Jillian's thing. <laughs> Way to bury the lead. Uh, yeah, we'll work our way backwards, I guess. Uh, it's been a minute since we've recorded, huh? It's been over a week because you were in Miami enjoying... Uh, today's the last night of Hanukkah. Uh, you went for the first night of Hanukkah. Um, and so the days afterwards down in Miami mm-hmm. and had a nice time with your family. I did. While you were down there, you watched a movie. Oh, I did. You did. I did. I watched the movie Teddy Christmas. In theaters. Teddy's Christmas in theaters is a Norwegian Christmas movie from last year. Uh, you guys are the only ones in the theater, right? Only ones in the theater. <laughs> it's like... Ooh. One o'clock on a Thursday, uh, but it was a good time. It was a, it was a sweet movie. Uh, really had the spirit. Jilly loved it. She was like on the edge of her seat the whole time. That's all I can really ask for. So yeah, sounds, sounds like a lot better of a time than what we've had to go through over the past couple weeks. Oh yeah, I would have much rather done the podcast back to back on that movie yeah. than this one. And that movie had a talking bear. Whose best friend was a porcupine, and they were all stuffed. <laughs> that seems to be burying the lead there. <laughs> if they were all stuffed, it seems to be more important if you tackle that part early on. Uh, while you were down there, I was just watching movies left and right. I watched four movies. Well, two of them I watched like while you were still here. Um, the other two I went out to watch. Um, so I'll briefly break those down from uh, from. Worst to best, even though I enjoyed all four of them, which is not common for me to to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I probably say I liked the least uh, was on Netflix. It was Rustin, um, the story of uh, one of the most uh, prolific civil rights uh, activists, uh, Bandit Rustin, who literally 
organized and planned the march on Washington, but kind of gets forgotten about and swept under the rug over the course of history due to his controversial background being a, a black gay man in the 1960s. So um, it was good. It was a very, to me, paint-by-numbers mm-hmm. biopic. Uh, Coleman Domingo was great, who you'll uh, be familiar with him as uh, the sponsor on Euphoria. Who's a, I think he's a fantastic oh, fantastic. Actor. Yeah, he's probably going to get an Oscar nomination for the movie. Um, but it just it leaves a little be lifts it leaves a little bit to be desired, at least just for my personal taste, because I've made it be known on the podcast many, many times. Biopics are definitely not my favorite mm-hmm. uh, genre of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, then third, I'm going to give it to the other Netflix movie that I watched, May December, but I still thought May December was very very good. Um, it is a uh, the new movie from Todd Haynes, starring Julianne Moore, Natalie Portman, uh, and Charles Melton, about the basically a dramatized, uh, even though it's nominated for comedy in the Golden Globes, hmm. it is very darkly comedic in, in a manner of speaking. A dramatized version of the Mary Kay Letourneau story, which you probably are familiar with from um, our childhood. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, about an actress who goes to research the real-life couple for a film role she has coming up. Uh, fucking off the wall, but also subtle. I really dug it. Uh, specifically, the best supporting actor race is maybe one of my favorite categories in the history of film this year between fucking uh, Downey, and Gosling, and now Charles Melton, who absolutely crushed it in this movie. Really? He was sa- fantastic. I didn't get it at first, but once you watch it, you like really understand what he's doing, and it's kind of brilliant. Um, so yeah, I mean, so he, he's... I'm excited to watch... Go Reggie Mantle, <laughs> am I right? I'm excited to watch uh, the, the two other movies that are probably going to uh, have the nominees in this category are De Niro and Killers of the Flower Moon, and then either Ruffalo or Defoe, or even both possibly for poor things. And that's just, a, it's a murderer's row of a category. It's, it's really, really good. Um, and then the other two I went to go see in theaters by myself and had a grand old time. Uh, the second one uh, was Saltburn, the second film from Emerald Fennell, mm-hmm. um, starring Barry Keoghan, Jacob Elordi, Rosamund Pike, it's hard for me to even talk about or describe. It was, it was maybe the wildest in theater experience I've had in a very long time. There are three moments in this movie that are among some of the most shocking and like, like physically repulse you moments that are just awesome ever. It is so fucking twisted and but amazingly shot amazingly acted despite the fact that Barry Keoghan is maybe one of the most difficult human beings to look at on the planet oh yeah which is fine because then you have Jacob Elordi the whole time um, who add him to my list uh, I mean yeah <laughs> surprisingly not on there from, from Euphoria yeah um, yeah I, I cannot wait for you to watch the movie Saltburn it's it's a uh, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what the movie's about. Uh, <laughs> um, it was it was an absolute fucking nutty thrower. I, I, hold on, I'm pulling my letterbox review for it because I think it was just one sentence. Oh no, I can't actually read it to you because it's yeah, going to spoil. Please part of the don't. Movie. Never mind. 
Uh, and then my number one of those four movies, and honestly, probably what I, I mean, I think this has been an absolute epic year in movies, probably what's either my number two or number three movie of the year would be The Holdovers. I absolutely adored The Holdovers. My mom knew you would. It, my mom knew you would when she saw it. It, uh, it. Alexander Payne, who we've done on the podcast just this year with Sideways and in the past with Election, uh, no matter what he's done, sadly, in his personal life, uh, he does not miss, um, or he's back to not missing after uh, downsizing, which a lot of people were, were off on. Giamatti is... There's no superlatives for it. Uh, same thing with Divine Joy Randolph. The newcomer Dominic Sess is awesome. It's hilarious. It's heartfelt. It whips by. I I cannot heap enough praise onto the holdovers. It honestly might be my favorite Alexander Payne movie after Sideways. Really? I think I think it's better than Election. I do. That's again. Really? I've, only, I've only watched it once, but I think it's gonna. And also about Schmidt. You know, I love about Schmidt. I I think it was that good. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I think you'll really do. Okay. So that's my uh, my movie recap, and then the other thing that we watched, uh, which is a couple hours ago, we watched at Jillian's Elementary School, the worst goddamn Christmas show the planet has ever fucking seen. I've been waiting to loudly talk about this disaster for over five hours. We both worked today. And, and and our job our jobs are are taxing. Yes. Not physically, but mentally, mentally taxing. Yes. And and you worked out. Did you work out today? No, no, I I did not work out today. I was supposed to walk today, so now I have to walk Saturday morning because I rushed to get home in enough time to pick Jillian up so we could go because she was all about seeing the show. She had some friends who were in it. She didn't get a chance to be in it this year. Um, and then afterwards, there was a, a STEM night, like a science... Like, uh, just like, different activities yes. and different things for the kids to do. Nice, a nice, nice event. We won't get into that. It, I still think it was kind of whatever. Um, I mean, it, it was, was better last year. Sure. But, uh, but the, the show, so Jillian's Elementary School does not have an auditorium. It just has the lunchroom that has a stage on it. So they convert. But it's not even really a stage. It's not super elevated. No, it's got like two steps. Yeah. Um, they convert all the the lunch tables into like benches. benches. So there's no like you can't see anything. And I drove by at four thirty for the thing to start to five to come home because we live so close to the school. There's already people like lined up like crazy because there was like two fucking food trucks there. Um, so you can't see anything. You can't hear anything because... Well, why can't you hear anything, though? You can't hear anything, Samantha, because the teacher, or the director, uh, neither, um, based on this show, uh, is mic'd up, and the she wrote this story herself, which all the story is is like three little girls on stage are doing a newscast about Santa being missing, and that leads them into singing Christmas songs. Uh, so they're mic'd up. The sound is horrible. And then the sound, they just so, played. So, okay. Yeah, so you, this I, show. I, I'm so, so listen, relax. You, you go. You relax. go. You go. Please. So this show was like the winter holiday show. And it was, the the art club did the, the scenery. They did the sets and they did some of the props, right? They made them great. Uh, there was also the participation from the drama club, 
the music club, and the bobcat dancers, because the mascot is the bobcat, right? So it's supposed to be these groups who have been together and supposedly working on this since August. <laughs> it was supposed to be their presentation. But, and like there were people, the kids had, they had guitars, they had... A saxophone. A saxophone, they had bells, like they, they, they were singers, uh, but you couldn't hear any of it because they played a track of the music at the same time and so the audience could hear it, but none of the children could hear it, so they were completely off. The entire the show. The entire show. It was like they did Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and the music track that was playing that the audience could clearly hear was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. They're already on shiny had nose. A very shi- no, it was behind. Had a very shiny nose. And then they actually started singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Like, they missed their cue. And they just did that for every single every song. Every fucking which song. Which was fucking absurd. The dancers did nothing. The dancers just walked from stage left to stage right and just stood there. They That's not dancing. There. I spit everywhere. <laughs> They just stood there. They weren't even happy to be there. So no, there, there was, no... was this giant girl <laughs> who they put in the she, middle. There was this eight foot tall fifth grader. <laughs> she, she was she was, was five golden rings. That was the highlight of the show, to be honest, because she was the number five for Twelve Days of Christmas. You best believe everyone could see those five golden rings she was holding. Here's another note. So I mentioned going stage right to stage left. Stage left. They did the 12 Days of Christmas. They did it fucking backwards, if you're looking at the stage. It should have gone left to right, or stage right to left, not stage left to right. Uh, but then they didn't, like, split it, so whoever number 12 was had to make a beeline from one end of the stage to the other to get there in time for the miscued fucking song to hold up their placard, which they didn't hold up anyway. They just fucking held it in front of them so no one could see what it was! And that was, like, one of the eighth minor... It was the most... Spoiler alert to what we're about to talk about. It made the movie we are about to watch look like it's a wonderful life. <laughs> this was the most poorly produced production of anything ever. Like, here's the thing. Ever. Here's the thing. And like these drama, this drama club, which, so Jillian takes drama. Kids. Kids. So Jillian's in drama kids, which we pay for. Yes. Weekly. Or we pay for it by month, but it's like weekly. It's not affiliated with the school. They just come to the school, right? And so, but be, be, and the part of the reason we did that is because she's apparently too young. And so, therefore, they believe untalented to be a part of the drama club. However, these three little bitches <laughs> up on this stage did not know any of their lines, but they were reading them yeah. from the papers that they had. Like, they didn't even bother to, to memorize, memorize their was... lines. And that one girl that was on the left, I couldn't understand what... She fumbled so she fumbled, many words. She fumbled every line. She said, so look, we're being assholes right now. We but are, we're not. We are adults shitting on children performing. She's in, in at least fourth grade. Absolutely. And the, the, uh, there was a butt coming. But these cunts were awful. <laughs> if I'm taking time out of my day to watch this show 
at the very least, make it watchable. This wasn't what... If it wasn't like, for Jillian, who was loving it, by the way, which we really have to talk to her well, about. Because, because a lot of her friends were there. She'd get better friends. <laughs> it, but you I, wouldn't let Jillian be in there? Jillian, Jillian she's better than could her. have done that so much better. Like, she's better she at. She could have done that one woman well, show. She's better at reading just a book with more personality, just to me, in her bed than these girls were who've been practicing this for four months. And they only had like three lines a piece throughout the entire show. Then they had like a soloist who couldn't sing and also couldn't match up to the lines at all. And she's getting like celebrated. I'm like, don't celebrate not even mediocrity. <laughs> when I was in fifth grade, I did a play in elementary school. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a play that's out there. Look, I'll look it up afterwards. Or if my music teacher just wrote it. I doubt it was because it was very intricate. It was about uh, Santa's extra reindeer, Pablo. Um, I probably talked about this on the show before. No, Chris. It was. I don't think I've ever heard. This it was story Santa's Spanish-speaking reindeer Pablo, who took two kids around the world and told them about all the different Christmas customs in the world. And of course, in Akron, Ohio, who can you get to play Pablo, the Spanish-speaking reindeer? But this guy right here. You're fucking kidding. You're the most Hispanic person in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> I was the most Hispanic kid in Firestone Park Elementary in fifth grade. Uh, I had antlers and I had a little like multicolor like like sash on. Um, and it was just us standing on stage and just basically reciting lines over and over and over again to these audiences about all the different customs. And then in between we would sing songs. Several differences here. It was It was fucking dreadful. But a couple things that were better than this. Number one, me. I'm great. Number two, uh, I knew the entire script forward and back. Yeah. Okay, but that's not fair because you're... Sure, but I didn't have a piece of paper with me. Even the kids next to me who botched their lines constantly, I could at least like whisper to them their lines and they could get their lines out. The third thing was the chorus and all the musicians and, and music was played with the piano or the xylophone or live. So if kids were fucking up, the, the, you could adjust to their tone, their volume, their speed, because you're playing the music. Also, the tracks they had for the show were like the like they didn't even sound right. We were like such bootleg we're tracks. We're like this isn't right. Like this doesn't even sound right. No wonder the kids are kind of messing it up. It was a fucking disaster. It was. I was ashamed that my daughter went to the school that was having it. It was that fucking bad. Yeah, it was bad. really bad. It was awful. Um, so I can't wait to do it next year. Uh, when she's in it. That's fine. She's going to be great. She's going to be fantastic in it. She'll be the one person that knows what they're doing. Because I couldn't even pinpoint one person. The, the highlight is Giganta, <laughs> the, the nine-foot fifth grader just holding up five rings every... Fucking 30 seconds with the with the disposition on her face of I saw my parents killed in front of me, then it's not a great show. <laughs> so uh so that catches you up. Uh but in the middle of all this, in the middle of your vacation, my movie reading, uh, my movie watching in this fucking awful Christmas show, last night we watched today's movie, uh, a randomly selected movie. Which we don't have to draw something at the end of this because we still already did Top Gun. Because we're like, oh, we got a Christmas movie. We'll, we'll just do it. We'll do two Hallmark Christmas movies instead of a good Christmas movie. And boy, did we... Were we regretting were, were, that were, 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 were we right in that analysis? 
We watched Deck the Heart. Deck the Heart. Love always blossoms at Christmas. Okay. And where the fuck did, was this snowman? That snowman anywhere? was not in the movie. And this house is not the house. That is not the house. Nope. Are these even the actors? They are. Oh gosh. They are. Okay. Oh my. Okay. <clears throat> Chris Ackerman is a workaholic who has to change his priorities when his grandfather wills him the family home in Maine with the stipulation that he hosts Christmas for the entire clan. Too busy with work and with no experience cooking or decorating, Chris hires local event planner Meredith Block to transform the home into a winter wonderland. Over the course of the month, Meredith also ends up transforming Chris's view of life and helps him appreciate the magic of Christmas again. So I, after a very merry toy store a couple years ago, I went on a bad Christmas movie shopping bonanza. And you... Specifically around puns, because we have a, a long-going pun joke with one another, and I couldn't pass up Deck, Deck the, the Heart. Heart. Deck the Heart. It's just ridiculous. So that's why and I got this. And it's not how, a Hallmark movie specifically. It's not. How much are you regretting your decision? As soon as this movie started, we both looked at each other and, so, and said, oh my god, this is Birdemic but a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's Birdemic but a Christmas movie. And also... Prior to this movie starting, we got into a massive fight. We were like at each other's throats. We were like screaming. Like I thought that we woke Jillian up because she called for us. Like we like got into a massive fight. Ask me what we fought about. The vacuum. We fought about a fucking vacuum. That's how bad this Christmas show was today that I didn't remember this. But we, like, why do we fight about a vacuum? Who the fuck fights about a vacuum? People who are trying to avoid watching this fucking movie. It and was like subconsciously we were trying well, to sabotage. I put the so movie we in. not watch this. I put the movie in, and the menu was just the still shot of the two actors, basically like the cover of the box, with this shitty Christmas song, like, on loop. And it loops, like, every, like, 90 seconds. And everything's fine, obviously. It was Target's fault while we were arguing. Um, yeah, yeah, Target, fix your freaking filter. So when I filter to have cordless vacuums, I don't inadvertently buy one that's corded. So we finally, like, let's just get through this. And within the first, like, two minutes of the movie, we immediately, like, if one thing this movie has for it, it's so bad that it can, like, we should it show this. people together. We should show this movie to Israel and Palestine, and they'll be like, look, this sucks. Should I shake hands? <laughs> this is so bad. That I think this could solve all the problems in the world, honestly. If you can't unite over the fact that this is one of the most god-awful pieces of cinema that's ever been put in front of fucking eyes, then I don't know what your problem is. Because right away, it just had the look and the feel mm -hmm. of Birdemic. Now, I will say that what the movie does not do is, from a technical aspect, it is technically... Not flawed. That's not true. There are some flaws. Give me an example. That uh, really weird 
cut scene after she gets left on the balcony and he's one, trying to cover her with a blanket. All right, one bad edit. <laughs> one one that, weird edit. We were rounded twice. Then, uh, yeah, we, we had like, to watch. Like the, sound, but, but then, the sound from room to room doesn't change. There was a couple like ups and downs. Um, and then there was also the fact that they were in the front of the house and it was like sunny. And then they went to oh, the back the lighting. of the house. And then it was dark and snowing. This movie had like... And then the inside of the house was... Pitch black. Bad, bad film school Bray Wyatt mood lighting. Uh, so yes, what I meant was like all of those things could you could say were like stylistic choices, whereas the other things are all like okay, that's just what he did. He did not fix it. You know what I mean? Uh, this of all the bad Christmas movies we've watched, this made Love Light Hanukkah look like fucking Die Hard. Like this was so wretched on acting and story on a level I don't think we've really, really seen in quite some time. We haven't seen on this feed. Neil Breen movies, yes, but in a different way. In, in a different way. Love Light Tonica was inconsequential, but it was inconsequential... But you could follow it in a... You know what I mean? Like, this just ebbed and flowed however it felt like they needed it to do on that specific day they were filming it. Mm -hmm. The camera, it's blatantly just like a camera you can buy at, like, fucking Best Buy. Oh, absolutely. Like, it it, it is just a regular old... What are you doing? I'm just looking at something. Mm Mm-hmm. Just a regular old camera mm-hmm. that anybody can buy that you that they're that it's being filmed on. It's, and the fact that this is I bought this at Walmart. Like this was I, I bought this at a Walmart. It was sitting right there. Like oh, this is this is not a movie. This is not a movie. This is a movie, but it's not like a movie. You know what I mean? Like it's a movie. Th- this I could make this ten times better. With with the money and resources that uh, that definitely went into this, could you? It. I mean, the back of the box says it all in terms of what, like, what the plot of the movie is. Yeah, but it doesn't but, get into some of the specifics. It doesn't. So, but I mean, this movie start. also takes. Oh, this movie is an hour and forty five minutes. And when it first started, I thought it was a porn. Oh, it has huge porn vibes throughout huge it. Huge porn vibes, and then just right down to the director, Candy Kane. Yeah, Candy Kane. C A I N. That lady should get hit by a milk truck <laughs> because she's but, not good at her job. Yeah, like I thought it was going to be a porn. It was like a weird slow-mo. I don't know. And then you've got the introduction of the main character. You immediately have... Like, I will give this film props because everything I needed to know about the background of this character and like who this character was and like why he was the way that he was... I learned in the first couple minutes of him being on the screen because he got a phone call from his mother. We're starting here already. I mean, that was how the movie started. And I had to do a double take. I thought that I was watching, like, your life on the screen. I've never been, I've never been seen more through a film... <laughs> Than this piece of shit. 
I, it's hard to really hate this movie when I have such sympathy for the lead actor. Because, because any waking moment in this movie, he gets a phone call when he's in the middle of something that he's needing or wanting to do. And his mother is asking him the same questions and needling him about the same things. And it's adding nothing to his life or the life of the audience that's having to endure it besides anguish. It didn't help his first name was Chris. It was Christian. Not Christopher. Yeah, but they all call him Chris. Everyone calls him Chris. It was... She drove me absolutely bananas. Go figure. <laughs> so if anything, that's another positive for the movie. It was good in that regard. I don't think it was aiming for that. Oh, no, no. It wasn't. But... It, it kind of was. Well, I mean, it, it was like... They just wanted to, like, establish the characters. But it was relatable. You know? Like, you, you, saw, you saw yourself in it. So what's that say? They did something right. It, Isn't it, that what a movie's supposed to do? It was relatable. Um, and then... So, so, and again, you just kind of said, like, within the first couple of minutes, you know, everything was happening because every line is just draped in exposition. She, you know... The grandpa just died. Grandpa, Well, grandpa died, like, a month ago, and they're just getting around to the will, and he's been... He's leaving everybody everything, and he gets left... They keep talking about this like beautiful, amazing lake house in the Maine. The lake house where in Maine where all of the holidays and were. Christmas Cove, and that's where we that's where you grew up in every holiday and you did this great thing. And the will. So this is not how wills work. I don't think this is legal. You can't do this. You can't, there's no way to honor it. It's like, oh, you get this house, but you have to throw a Christmas. I'm sure that there is. There's no like what? What if you say like no? Then you don't get the house. Like who? How can that be enforced legally? It's a will. It's a, he's it's not binding. here. What? what, what no, is the, but it's it's the, whoever the executor of the will is. It's just like if it was like in the estate, whoever the executor. But you can put of the that estate, kind of a condition on it. Sure, you, you can have put to hold Christmas you here. You could put whatever conditions you want. <gasps> I'm just gonna make things difficult for you then on purpose. No, One that, of my conditions is. But that's be, not how it works when you're legally married in the state of Florida. Sorry, Charlie. Okay. It all goes to me regardless of your will. I'm going to figure something out. For, no, no, you're not. Enough for you than for no, somebody no. else. In no, my no. will, I'm going to... No, no, no. Chris, well, so, so first I... of all, this conversation is assuming that you're going to take the time to put together a will <laughs> and then make specific bequeaths. Whoa, hey, I don't want anybody queefing after I'm dead. Um, no, I'm going to do it for the somebody else. The will go on. I'm going to... I'm gonna make I'm gonna make like Rich watch this movie after I tie in my will if he wants like my toys. That's well, no, I get your toys. That's what I'll do. Um, so basically, he needs to go to Maine and like put this on if he wants the house. And it's not even like he's not like a bad guy. He, and not once in this movie is there any kind of like drama. Period or like any sort of. He's just sad. His grandpa died. He's real sad. Right, but what I mean is. Just like Love Like Hanukkah, there's never any conflict. Well, there is between him and the boss. There's like well, work conflict. Later, so he goes to his boss, who's known uh, a known character actor. I've seen him in I don't know how many things. He's he a, was on, on Star Trek. Yeah, he's been, he's been in a ton of things. Um, and his boss gives him all these kudos, and he's not satisfied with the kudos because he wanted those kudos to be even better because he was well, the numbers are going to be all this 
So he's asked to go work remotely for a month, and his boss is like, hesitant, but he's like, I trust you, go ahead. Literally, as soon as he gets there, the next day, some ridiculous recall happens. It's really ambiguous what he even does in the fucking first he's place. He's a sales in guy? Sales, but they're talking about strollers and some kind of advertisement, and his boss is like up in arms, and then long story short, at the end of it, uh, he doesn't answer like one phone call after hours, and he is told to come back, and of course he has a change of heart, and he fucking quits. That's as much of a conflict as you get. But, um, <laughs> son of a bitch, you know what I just realized? The next part of the movie, so he gets his okay, and he's he's going up to Maine right away, and he tells his assistant, who is assistant, I'm pretty well, sure. Look, you want to talk about this shit right now? <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, trust me, I'm just as mad as, as a professional executive assistant. Tell me, okay, so tell me, tell me from that perspective. I think that's an interesting take on it. So as a professional executive assistant, mm-hmm. tell me about her assistant abilities. Oh, she should be executed. <laughs> it was, she had no idea what was going on at any moment, and the way she was speaking to him about the things was like she had literally just fallen off a fucking turnip truck. <laughs> like, she was like, oh, okay. And then the way she was handling the future calls of, of getting the party planner, or sorry, event planner, um, or whatever the fuck she's wanted to be called, uh... Just piss poor. Her energy, her 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 attitude, her tone of voice. She felt like his secretary that she wanted to sleep with him, and he had no interest whatsoever. And then so she's had to kind of like puppy dog stupidly live the rest of her life, as if she was going to like try to woo him into like a porn mentality. I don't know if that made sense, but it did to me. Uh, she also had bizarre eyes and expressions. Everybody's eyes in this movie were dead. <laughs> this was like watching a fucking Robert Zemeckis stop motion animation movie. <laughs> Uncanny fucking valley. Uh, what I was referring to, uh, I was like, I had a realization was when he's packing up the car, his token black friend is <laughs> helping him pack the car, and they're talking about they have like a t- an eight minute conversation in this parking garage, loading one bag into his car. About each one of their situations. And he's like, oh, you guys should come. To- he- Never see him again? No, Chris invites every single person he comes across to his house for Christmas. And everybody comes except that guy and yeah, his I'd family. I've like seen that guy and his family. That guy was fine. I would have liked to have seen him. Yeah. But no, don't see him again. Um, but we get those other people that we don't even know who they were and what nope. their relation was. And we still don't once we see the credits, which we'll get to at the end. Oh, gosh. Uh, so... Every every conversation happens in real time with no consequence, and it's just agonizing because the acting is poor. The, it looks like a fucking home movie, and well, then <laughs> what? Because then we get the introduction of the other main character, Mary. Mary. The way she gets introduced is there's a, uh, what is it? Uh, like a chamber small, of commerce, a small business chamber of commerce of. Like event of speech event, and then Luncheon? I guess the the president or the head puts this woman on blast. Puts her on the spot to sell herself in front of all these people that I'm assuming she goes to or knows all the time. And then she's not good with public speaking, and she fumbles over all of her words and says things she doesn't mean. But again, it's a it's a it's, it's, a, it's, it's endearing. A, it's an and... endearing Christmas movie, so they're all clapping. And then we have to have another scene of the two of them talking about. All the background of her life and how her family doesn't see her on the holidays or see but her at Jesus. all. 
But they're geniuses, and this woman was giving her confidence. If this all sounds boring and stupid as fucking shit, don't worry. I found this movie on YouTube, and the link will be in the description of the episode <laughs> for you to watch it from beginning to end. But I have a question, though. What? Like, how, how did they know each other? The no. board woman and Mary. Well, I'm pretty sure this is this is like a small town where like everybody kind of knows sure. everybody. Sure. So then, why did she have to get up and like sell herself? Then, if she's obviously been there for, for well, also like every South time, Crystal. every time we encourage, uh, every time we encounter somebody, and Mary's name comes up when she's not there, like, oh, I love Mary. She did a great job with my bat mitzvah, or she did a great job with this event. So everyone already fucking uses her. She's already doing everybody's events. What does she need any more fucking business for? Exactly. Um, and then just when I thought it couldn't get worse, songs start playing. And this music in this movie makes the hanging out with my family guy and Birdemic sound like Prince. <laughs> it is exactly what the you'd expect. Music. This D-level, coffee shop, hokey, pseudo-religious, folk Christmas horseshit. Or... In the middle of scenes, we had the closed captioning on, like we do for all, pretty much all movies nowadays because we're 37 years old. <laughs> and Oh man, I only have 10 days. Yep, the, the closed captioning will always kind of tell you, you know, obviously when noises or music cues start. There's at least two or three dozen moments in this movie where people are just in the middle of a conversation and then random instrumental music starts playing and the description is just bizarre. And it never tonally fits what's happening. No. So like they're having Tense a series. music plays. Yeah. Or it'd be like like cymbals crash hits. And then the music keeps going as they're just fucking having a conversation sitting down at a table somewhere. Yeah. And this also coincides with the montage of him arriving at the house. And I'm expecting at the very least. Right. I'm expecting, okay, they've talked this up. This then is going to be this, like... I want the house to be another character, right? Like, I want I this want house it... to be baller, to make sense why he would drop his Manhattan lifestyle and want to make sure he gets it and have a big family. It's just a house. No, it's not even a... Like, they're like, oh, this lake house. I never saw a lake. <laughs> I was going to say... That was the biggest swerve of the movie. Give you know me a number. You know how many swerves there were? Give me a number. How many swerves do you think there were in this movie? I'm counting the there not being a lake as like ten. That's not how it works, Samantha. I can't. I can't believe I only have two more movies of this. Two hundred and twenty swords. I was gonna guess two fifty. This was almost the winner for the most amount of swords, well, but that still still belongs. Like to, he talks up this game room. F nine. He talks up this game room in this house. No. It's it's not a basement number one. It's no, two it's, steps. It's two steps down. It's, it's a step the, down. It's the stage in Jillian's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, elementary school. At her elementary school. And like, there's no. It's but, just a table and a couch. There's not like any. I was like, oh, they have like a, like a foosball like table. Like your Auntie Will's basement. Yes, it has things. It has something to do. I mean, but it's but this it's house, the most. This house had the most narrow entranceway. Boring ass house. It had nothing going for it. It didn't even it really majestic. have that much room. It was not majestic. No. And that's when when people are like, oh yes, the lake house. That's what I think of. Yeah, I expect 
some old like because also the thing was like oh they've been living in this house forever right 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 this was this this was the most two thousand and ass two thousand eight ass house I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. Uh, the only unique thing about the house is like the way that the the wall and the ceiling slopes in one of the guest bedrooms because <laughs> ha 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 people keep hitting their heads on it. <laughs> um, particularly when he wakes up after falling asleep in there, and also would appear to be about to pleasure himself in it. <laughs> I it was like it had porn vibes throughout. Because again, movie. the lighting is weird, so it's like this weird mauve. <laughs> and he lays down, and the camera gets tight from above on him, and he's got both of his hands behind his <laughs> no, head. No, they're like no, no, no. Either. Both of his hands are behind <laughs> his head, and then he takes one where you can't see it, and like obviously puts it down. And then he's just staring at you. And then he's... And I'm just waiting for him to be like... His face is stark. Mm. I'm like, why are we watching this dude jack off in his dead grandfather's house? If I wanted to watch this, there's a subset I could probably look up on another website to get this. What would the name of that movie be? Deck the... Uh, uh... <laughs> no, I get this. Hold on. Wreck the... Hold on. No, no, no. I'm going to get this. Uh... Uh, keep talking about the house and I'll get it in like 15 seconds. So the house also had weird balconies and this one door that you had to prop open with a shower rod because it would shut by itself and lock and then you would be stuck outside on a balcony. The holidays only come once a year. (laughs) (laughs) But I came twice tonight. Yep. That's the tagline. Um... Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. The house was like, like our house is like m- more majestic than this. Like they're like, oh, this is the great room. It was like. This is the big tree room. You know how many times we saw the tree? Once at the very end and, and we'll get was, there. Oh, man. Um, and so then. It's one of those movies also where just like in Neil Breen movies or in Birdemic's. Lines are getting flubbed, like like audibly stumbled over. Yeah. Keep going. Keep like going. we're they just don't gonna cut. Not cutting. Don't worry about Keep it. it. We're just leaving them fucking in. Leave it in, and it's so absurd. There are two of the worst back to back conversations I've ever seen in my entire life on a film in this movie. The first one is uh, the interview that Chris conducts with Mary as she comes to the house. Um, after she gets a, after an equally, okay. uh, an equally awkward phone in interview. real, no, an equally awkward and well, I'm not even talking about that. We oh. already passed out the assistant. I'm talking about like in real time, just her ordering coffee at a random, uh, coffee with shop fucking... with a barista who just honestly worked there. And you can tell like, because he couldn't act to save his extras. life. No, they hired locations and they're like, Oh, and can your employee speak? He's got a movie role now. She brings him coffee and they have like an interview where he she he gives her the job as soon as she gives him the coffee in the park in the in the driveway and then they just proceed to have this asinine conversation about what he wants and what she does and there's nothing you said it later on in the movie but every time these two characters who have the chemistry of a giraffe and gogurt <laughs> Speak to one another. They have no romantic or even friendship chemistry with one another no because chemistry. it's always the most like passive aggressive rapport. And that like, oh, what do you want to do? Oh, whatever you want to do, I, I trust you. Oh, but I want to make sure it's okay. Like, well, someone, it's like the two of us deciding what we want to do for lunch on a Sunday. <laughs> 
But what are we doing for lunch on Sunday? Grilled cheese. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's painful as fuck. This took place right before she goes to her, her friend that she's known for all these years who apparently runs a, a music studio. And the music studio actually exists in Maine. And they just made the characters in the movie the last name of the name of the studio. Like, that, that's, that, that's, does that make sense? Does that make sense what I just said? No. Okay. So this music studio is the Franz Music Studio, right? In Maine. Franz? F-R-A-N-Z. No, Franz. Franz? In the, in the, in the. The Franz? No, the Franz. The Franz. That's the name of the studio that exists in, in Maine, right? So. Does it really? I, I'm is guessing. Well, because in they, the credits, but I thought they the filmed, names of the characters and the real right, people right, yeah. were varied. No, yes, no, there were. They yes, were yes. No, they were. We're gonna get there in a minute. But what I mean is, at one point there was somebody that was named like I don't know, like pole dancer, and that person's last name was Franz. There was a bunch of Franzes in the movie, and there were a bunch of Franzes in the movie, but the actual people were not Franzes. Uh, what did you just say? This is not that hard to understand, RJ. I thought they filmed most of this in New York. But that you know what I mean. You know, what, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean. She goes to see her friend who runs this music studio. And again, we get all this Extra fucking background. data. It's all that it is about it's okay that she's working on Christmas for this because uh, her, her parents have to work and she hasn't seen them in years and she spends Christmas with them. So her friend forces her to call her dad. And it is the... To confirm that this is the case. And her dad is the biggest piece of shit in film history. <laughs> it goes the, it goes Mary's dad and Deck the Heart, Amon Goth and Schindler's List, and like Uncle Joe and Willy Wonka next week. It's like that, those three in order. Um, What's wrong with Uncle Joe? Fucking lazy prick's been in bed for 30 years. He gets to go to one fucking tour. And he's like, my legs work. Don't get me started next week. Um, but you liked Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe can suck Grandpa my Joe, dick. Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe. Uncle Joe. <laughs> Uncle Joe's like, motherfucker, what I do? <laughs> I mean, I'll still suck your dick, but <laughs> so what I do? That's the problem with Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe's down. Grandpa Joe. <laughs> just a lazy cat. <laughs> God damn, we have so much more to discuss, and we're already at 45 minutes. Oh, man, minutes. we have so much fun together, dude. Yeah, I know, right? Because look at these people not having fun. I'm, I'm wet. Ew. Um, Ew. And he, he just proceeds, she's like, again, it's this passive-aggressive, like, okay, well, I'd like to see you, or, you know, I'm going to be working this. And he's like, oh, yeah, working for you on Christmas will be good. Builds character. Um, oh, this is, no, this is not how our family works. And it's like, Screw you, man! It's, it's, it was almost so bad that I was like, I know this movie's gonna re like quote unquote redeem him later on, but it still doesn't matter. And also, how it's redeemed later, it still fucking blows, and I still think they're all piles of shit. Um. So, at this point, stop playing with that because people are gonna be able to hear that. Sorry. It's at this point that time begins to become a flat circle in the um. In the, uh, you can't keep playing with things while we're having a conversation on the podcast. How old are you? Why are you crying? You're so mean to me. You were just flicking this thing over and over again. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not, 
paying attention to the conversation. I was paying attention. All of this that I just said has basically taken place over the course of two days. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so much has happened. And then, the next scene, after a little montage of her really just going to the dollar store and buying some bows and wreaths and ribbon and putting them up here and there, it's three days before Christmas. Well, no, no, no. Okay, look, you skipped a lot of stuff. What? what? Okay. Please tell you me what skipped I skipped. The grocery drop off. <laughs> I would say I skipped it. No, 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 no. You skipped it. So this dude somehow got fucking Uber Eats, fucking Instacart out here in Christmas Cove, and then told the girl, "Go ahead, put them wherever." You- Go put the stuff wherever you want. The fridge is empty. She's like, that's not how it fucking works, <laughs> She's like, man. We, don't, we don't put it away for you. He's like, oh, you don't? You lazy ass. Okay, let me help you with the bags. Then he proceeds to take every single bag. But one. Except one. And then gives her a tip. And then, you know what? I, know, I don't know if he actually ever put all those groceries away. He did. Actually, that was a, actually a good bit of continuity because I recognized he got a bo- uh, uh, some uh, Arm & Hammer it's like for the fridge to make sure I guess it doesn't smell. And when somebody opened the fridge later, I saw it sitting in the door. I'm like, oh, hey! That's, that's actually we're just... Cool. Everything in the fridge was just what the catering was on the movie. Cool, man. Um, cool, so at glad. one point, the attorney stops by. Can I just say, I, not to jump ahead... My MVP of the movie is already Stein. I mean, look. The attorney. He was, he was just a nice, normal guy. He was in a, and, and honestly, I don't think he was playing a part. He said, you know, they go have Chinese food on Christmas. That's their tradition. I said, that's great because that's, that's always was my tradition. Yeah. He was just playing a nice, genteel uh, attorney. You can't say that word like, with it because it's too close to Gentile. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. No, just fucking oh. with you. <laughs> um... He just had the disposition of a, like. <laughs> Your it, face was so funny. I was like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> or did the Israel Palestine line earlier? Um, <laughs> he just seemed like an actual attorney fun. in the town that could actually possibly act. He was having fun. And then he got his like whole family involved because. Yeah, yeah, you know. Like that, I think that was his legitimate family. He, it's either him. Or I didn't mind uh, the actress who played um, the best friend, Bella. She was, like, fine enough of an actress where it, it would still be Artie Stein for me. Comparatively. Comparatively to the other two. Again, the other two, Mary had a no... Lamb. A lamb would have been better. She had no expression on her face at any moment. And any time, like, a surprise were to happen... Or anytime something emotional was supposed to happen, it was undersold to the nth degree. And then the main actor was the most robotic John Cena on Total Divas dude <laughs> ever. He also reminded me, because it's Christmas time, of the guy uh, from Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, the Garbage Day guy. <laughs> the whole time I'm looking at him, I was waiting for him to go, Garbage Day! Garbage Day. Or it's just fucking Chris's dad. Um... Uh, oh, we were not there yet. Sorry, I got my characters confused. We're going to talk about Chris's dad in a minute. Okay. Uh, so then... So they continue to have bad chemistry. There's never a moment well, look. either. Like, in Love Light Tonica, 
they beat you over the head with like all these different like scenes of them like hanging out with one another, sharing stories. Oh, they hung out. She made samples of what she was going to cook on Christmas, and the very first thing she made. Oh, as well, this a sample, is the first day. The first day, she's like, "Oh, I think I might make this on Christmas. Tell me what you think." She made him a plate of orange chicken. Broccoli. Broccoli. And a simple salad. And a simple salad. And he's like, definitely make this broccoli. Chicken? No. It's basic. <laughs> <laughs> and then she makes uh, this uh, chocolate cream uh, pie. That he, I bet like, she did. Goes over the moon for. It turns out, what a coincidence. It's the same one that his grandfather made. Because at one point I thought it was going to be they were related. I'm like, oh, this I is know, weird. Because like, I think they're still going to fuck. I thought that was, a, I I was, like, thought that was also going to happen. It's so weird. I was like, oh, progressive. Um, But like, that's all they really have. Like, When did she make all of that stuff, though? Like, well, like, Sometime in that first day. I know, but I don't know how much time is. Like, when did she get there? 10 o'clock? When, when did they eat? There's Six? no It's been like... There's no time that makes sense. Just like when she's getting interviewed, he tells her ex- uh, explicitly, the game room, this is where I'm going to be working, so you can't come in here from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. There's during not the a, week. There's not a single scene in this movie during the montages or when she's decorating, she doesn't go through that fucking room, stop what he's doing, and he doesn't say a fucking word about it. He keeps changing the rules, man. That, they, they, but like, there's never that moment where they stop and, and it's like, oh, yeah, I... I, I like... They keep telling everybody about everything that's going on except themselves. And then all of a sudden they're just like talking to other people about what they want to do for the other person that hasn't been expressed to them by that person. So like when he goes to right, her so friend. We, we cut. We. Right. We don't see the relationship building between them. No. Not at all. Um, he keeps inviting fucking 50 people to his Christmas. He keeps. He keeps like. Putting his Christmas on people. Three days before Christmas. He goes to her best friend to say that, um, to like get advice on bringing her family in for the holidays, which is a fucking horrible idea. Um, also, this woman obviously wanted to jump his bones the whole time. She even told Mary she wanted to jump his bones the whole time. And he's like, oh yeah, just bring your whole seven people family to, to my... You, you definitely didn't get food already planned and fuck whatever traditions it's you three have. three days before Christmas. You're coming to my lake house for Christmas. Got it? Is what it feels like as long half as the fucking time. there's enough room. Oh, Which, wait. There wasn't. Wasn't. Ran- People had to stand up. Random symbols and music cues are going off like crazy. Every original song sounds like the Hallmark Channel gave itself a fucking lobotomy. And then you mentioned it earlier, the, the scene where... Uh, he is. He goes to talk to her friend, and there's a there's an accident on the bridge, and the bridge you can't go across it for seemingly several hours. He goes to the sh- shitty mall, and goes to the same fucking coffee same store, coffee and she gets no, but stuck. Wait, you missed it. I didn't miss anything. You did. When he's on the bridge, obviously. We're not going to see an accident, right? Like, no. this isn't really shut down. So they need to have someone come and tell this character. <laughs> yeah. They need to tell the main character that the bridge is terrible accident and the bridge is shut down for a few hours and suggest that they go to the to the mall because, because it was already established that this guy had never really been into the town or anything like that when he came for yeah. the holidays, right? 
Who did they get to tell him that? I'm pretty sure just an actual firefighter. Yeah, 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 yeah. They said, hey, hey, Larry. No, hey, Joe. You want to get 20 bucks? Uncle Joe, yeah, hey! <laughs> Put the fire out with my seed. Uh, You're so gross. This guy mumbles out of the corner of his mouth the three lines about this bridge being closed in a way that's almost kind of impressive. <laughs> and then you can go to the strip mall across the street. <laughs> uh, so while this is happening, she's decorating outside, and she's doing all this work into the house over the course of a month, but they haven't stopped to fix the fact that the door locks from the outside. So it's propped open, it slides closed, and she gets stuck in a snowstorm. Snowstorm? Nay. <laughs> Digital snow! Digital snowberry window. And she is having to pretend to be getting cold and stuck and stick. As you can see, Flurry's dropping. But, but not nothing. dropping on her. She is as dry as her pussy around someone that can help her in the business, apparently, because oh she's doing God. things like this with the talent that she has. And then he has to come back and, like, save her in this, like, big, like, romantic, heroic gesture it's, it's meant to feel like. Yes. But then it's ruined, of course, because, as you mentioned earlier, it has the weirdest edit I've ever seen in a movie ever. Where he puts her in bed. He's so concerned. If he's worried about her, fucking call 911. <laughs> like, why, like, why was it just like, oh, I got to put you in bed. You're totally dry. Completely dry. No snow. And I got I to gotta get you bundled up. So he puts her in bed. And then it quick cuts. And he's like, and when the cut happens, he's like shaking the blanket. So I'm like, where the fuck did that blanket come from? It was bizarre. We had to rewind we it. We had to rewind it. And then she wakes up, and everything's fine. Well, no, no, no. She was concerned right when she woke up. <laughs> she probably thought he did something to her. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, the, the aforementioned forced drama with the boss is atrocious. Even though he claims, like, I work nine to five. Motherfucker, no, you, you don't. You work eight to seven. You work in, you were like a sales executive in Manhattan. You work Period. <laughs> um, it all sucks. And then... Uh, and then they start baking together. Right, because now he's like, oh, we don't have to work. Mind you, this whole time, so he's paying her $12,000 for the month to do this. To do all this. And, that's, and also he's paying for all That's her payment, and he's giving her... He just handed her... Within five minutes, I forgot this. He just gets his wallet, and she's like, what's this? He goes, oh, it's my credit card. Use what, Do whatever you want. I've been like, peace, motherfucker. I'm going to fucking Cancun Cove. Um, Where are you going? Cancun Cove, Barry Windham. Uh, but in the middle of this, uh, I almost said my mother's name, calls him and was, and he's telling her. Renee was the character. I have somebody. Oh, you're supposed to be the one that's doing this. You can't pay somebody to do this. Your grandfather wanted you to do it. So then he has to, like, guise it and, like, they're dating with one another. And the mom is so happy. Did your mom ever, ever... No. Went, went... Get happy about another woman in my life? No, absolutely not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> what was your actual question? No, that was it. Okay, good. Uh, no, did your mom ever, like... How did your mom react when you told her you were dating someone? I honestly don't remember. Honestly, don't. Did you ever tell her that you were dating someone, or yeah. just like? Yeah, I did. 
It's my girlfriend. I told her. I was like, oh, I'm going. And she's, I think she's like, okay, just be careful. But that's anything. That's me cutting a turkey, or that's me walking the Golden Gate Bridge in my bare feet. Like, <laughs> that's just what she says for everything. Um. <laughs> uh. Is that why your mom hates me? Because I'm another no. woman in your life? No. Well, yes and no. <laughs> uh. So where the fuck were we? Um, we were talking about. Oh, sorry. The mom called. No, we're talking about the 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 money. Oh shit, we're gonna lose it now. <laughs> this movie's so bad and so confusing. We were talking about her getting paid twelve thousand dollars. Oh, under the guise of you, you, you know, it has to be you that does it. That shoe never drops in the movie either. Like finally, when everyone's there, and like she's talking to Mary about. The, dating her son. Like, dating her son. They're like, oh, you know. Like, they're reacting to it like it's not a thing, but then they have to, like, keep up appearances. Again, a, a movie would have, like, the drama of, like, you lied to me and your grandfather would be so disappointed. Nope, they just continue the lie up throughout the course of the movie. You never see the other shoe drop at any point. Um, but what I was going to say was, at this point, what happens is, yes, they're baking with one another and no sparks are flying. None, um, even though she said, take off your sweater. I thought we were going into porn territory again. I was begging for something interesting. I was waiting for her to just, him just snap her neck. And all of a sudden, this turns into, like, a fucking, like, Terrifier 3. <laughs> um, and then it's surprise time on Christmas Eve. He flies her folks in to go have dinner uh, with just the three of them. So I'm going to break this down as quickly and as ridiculously as possible. He picks them up from the airport. No, 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 no. Excuse Shh, me. Shh. I know what I'm doing. Shut up. <laughs> he picks them up from the airport. And by picking them up from the airport, I mean they just found a, a fenced-in parking lot <laughs> for him to park his car in and them to exit a building <laughs> to walk to him to be picked up. There is literally a guy on the other side of the fence... A hundred yards away on his lunch break for whatever that building actually does, smoking a cigarette by another car. <laughs> he then takes them to the restaurant where Mary has just arrived. And the Mater D, who is like this, like kind of snooty, fruity, booty tootie. <laughs> what is he? A snooty, fruity, booty tootie. A what? It's like, oh, I, I reservation, I have it as, as three. And his parents are like, well, we're four. And he's like, no, you guys are going to have dinner together, which is. Just a stupid idea. You're literally going to put this whole thing together and just force the three of these people to have a dinner without you, the causing action, being involved. Mary turns around and finds them there, and she is as surprised as it. She, <laughs> she acted as if she woke up and found out that she had two elbows. Like, oh, I have two elbows. Still, great. It like, was so underwhelming. She hadn't seen her parents in three years and hadn't spent a Christmas with them in what, like almost two decades? She's like, oh my God, you guys are here. This is such a great surprise. Thank you, Chris, so much for having them here. And then they proceed to have the dinner and they are still like not over like each other's things. And they're both blaming one another for their communication about how they didn't know one or the other thought it was important. And Chris speaks up like, if I may. And I'm like, no, you can't. You've already been the cause of all this. I think both of you should have better communication with one another. They all agree. Thanks, Interferer. Yeah, they, they cheer with their shitty little fucking wine. 
and the whole thing has the energy and emotion of fucking packing peanuts. It's... <laughs> it's bizarre. So I, the, the right move, like the whole, I feel like the whole, even the Hallmark movie have been like, I can't believe you brought them here without checking with me first or like this or something. Something to give it like the, the oomph to get me past the point. I've been watching this movie for an hour and 20 minutes. Instead... Then we cut to Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day. And she's nervous because she wants everything to be perfect and all that. Meanwhile, they got this weird gingerbread train on the counter. And it's... I need a towel. I just spit all over myself. <laughs> That's a legit spit take. Because as soon as you said it, I visualized how bad this gingerbread train was. <laughs> I didn't notice it at first. And you pointed, like, you're like, you didn't even say, you just went, what the fuck is that? And I was like, what? I thought there was, like, a fly in the house. No, no, it was no. a gingerbread train. No, it looked, it looked like... It was It looked awful. like someone took a box of, of graham crackers and had a bukkake around it with some fucking food coloring. It was absolutely insane. This woman got paid $12,000. <laughs> She's all fucking nervous. They almost kiss next to this gingerbread train because that's romantic. Mm -hmm. And then what happened, Chris? What happened, babe? Finally, they're about to consummate whatever emotion and feelings they have for one another. I'm like, the fucking doorbell's gonna ring. And there's only one person that can cock block a Chris on Christmas but the mom! (laughs) I... Noreen. I've never wanted us to be a visual podcast more in my life so I could show the 30 seconds that happened when Chris's parents <laughs> arrive yeah, and so my reaction to it. We rewound it five times. <laughs> because the whole time we've not seen or even heard. I thought the dad was, I thought that he was a single mom. The dad was dead. The dad was the grandfather. I don't fucking know at this point. But instead of a, instead of a kiss, his parents are at the front door. He answers the door. She has one gift. Mind you, he's invited fucking a football team at this point. She hands him one gift. The dad has an uncovered dish of cornbread. They both hand it to Chris. They're trying to take their jackets and their scarves off while also getting their hugs. The dad hands the cornbread takes the jacket off, takes the scarf off, goes in for the hug, then puts the shit back on, then takes it off again. It's, it, 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 it honestly, is the best thing in the movie. It's the best thing in the movie because it's the most accurate depiction of the insanity of holidays right there. Like, I've, I've had that happen. Like, Your oh, dad reincarnated. I'm like, Merry Christmas. What the fuck is all this shit now? There's too much shit on How me. How are you doing? There's too much shit on me. <laughs> I can't fucking breathe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The energy of the dad it, it, it's, was perfect. It's fucking on. rest in peace, dad. I love you. We I'm glad it. you were reincarnated. This movie, I think, did come out. I don't know you could be reincarnated as a guy just a few years younger than yourself when you died. But it managed to happen in this movie. 
<laughs> the whole time, he was just kind of a, a fucking amoeba piece he of shit. He just, just you know, sat there. He was just eating the seen, food. I don't think he said anything else besides no, the, no. there's never like a thing or a moment for him. Never. Everyone only brings one gift. So he must and everybody this... brings a dish. Everyone brought a dish. I don't know what she went what to all this fuck fucking did trouble. What did she do, though? But, like, what did she make? The pie? The Jews are gobbling up the ham. <laughs> and then oh. everyone's there. They're, like, getting ready to, like, cut the ham. Half the people are standing. They don't have enough seats no, to fucking sit down. Oh, wait, but we didn't talk about the introduction of, of, of uh, Artie Stein's family. Uh, and his daughter who just had a bat mitzvah. Do you know how old you are when you have a bat mitzvah, Chris? Do you know what... It's like 14 or yeah, 16, right? Yeah, it's about 12... Right? Yeah. No, it's not 16. That's way old. It's about 12 or 13. When you're, you you're becoming your, a woman, yeah. Your bar bat yeah. mitzvah. 12 or 13. This bitch was at least 30. No, she wasn't that old. She was not that old. She, 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 she was in high school. She was an old high schooler. Okay, that's still not... No, oh. no, no, no. Every person that's in at one point, I <laughs> no, forget some I, people what. Weren't even introduced. Well, one family is introduced, and it's like seven people. I think it's the best friend's family. I reckon it's yeah, her on the yeah, far yeah. right, and it's just the wildest looking group of people I've ever seen. Yeah, we had to pause. I paused on my, like, and I was like, I analyzing each person. This guy's just got wet ass hair. This person looks like he just came out of a fucking improv group in Miami. Like, the, no one looked like they were related. No. Uh, but they're all hanging out, hanging out with each other's families, having themselves a shitty time at Mary's Christmas party. Um, like, for two seconds earlier in the movie, it was talked about how the grandfather always would have a theme. So she has a big surprise for Chris. They all go outside, and she wants to unveil what the theme is, which is never said explicitly. I believe it's supposed to be, like, Angel? angels or, like, winter wonderland or something. But the worst part is, we never... See the outside. You see one little strand of blue icicle lights uh-huh. framed in between the two uh-huh. of them when they first go outside. And then it cuts and they all look up at this like supposedly amazing decoration outside the house and you don't see it. Just like up until this point, you hadn't seen the tree in the big tree room. And then you get the big tree and the tree just has like six or eight Awful porcelain angels all strewn about it with an even bigger, uglier one as a star on the top of the tree. It was hideous. It looked like if Chucky (laughs) had a baby on Christmas and they just put the afterbirth on a pine. Yep. So Christmas is done. Everyone's left. And then, but all the guests were wild overall. Oh, yeah, the whole thing. They were wild. The whole build, like, we saw, hardly saw anything of the actual day. She, like, everything's wrapped up, and she's, like, off. Like, she just seems, like, forlorn, forlorn and sad. Which, at this point, she he's brought in her, her family to, to her. She did the event without a hitch. He invited the best friend's family as well, yeah, because she never spent Christmas exactly. without Like, them. everything should have been hunky-dory. And he's, like, trying to, like, express his feelings for her. And she just, like, wants to go home to her cat. Which, at one point in the movie, he thought was her boyfriend. And, ha, ha, he, he. Swerve. <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> and then she's, like, she gives him a present. Because I guess she just doesn't feel like she did a satisfied job. It's just the, the, the pie recipe framed. And then she from, goes from to the leave. the original newspaper article. Yeah. She, he, she goes to leave. 
and he stops her, and he gives this, like, big, like, 30, 45 second, awful, saccharine speech about, like, how happy he is, and he's not going anywhere, he's you staying You started here. as the event planner, but you became so much more. Right, all this stuff, and she just stares at him blankly as he says all of this, and then she finally, like, they leans up, he, they, she gives him a, a little kiss they, they on kiss, the lips. They kiss, She goes, thank you. No, she goes... Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, Chris. Right. Cut! Credits! I almost broke my goddamn recliner when it happened. Now, if you, go ba- if, you go, if you go back to... I believe it. So I don't want to sound like a hypocrite here. Because in Birdemic 2, I gushed over <laughs> the end of that movie in its abruptness. The reason why I did was because... We just saw a tertiary character who was basically the proxy for the director die and just watch his body float and watch birds fly away. And it's like owning the bad movie of it all, right? At I no mean, point, if you say so. At no point in this movie did it seem oh, like no, the no. movie knew that it was that what it was. Oh, no. They think they're making a fucking masterpiece. Like, again, not to keep putting Love Light Hanukkah on a fucking pedestal. Yeah. <laughs> but... That movie at least gave us, like, okay, they are together, and now they're at the party, and then everyone's happy that they're happy, and they're happy, and we see the results of it, and we see kind of like, like... We, we put I a can, ribbon on it. I can surmise what happened the next day. Honestly, that ending, she probably never saw him ever again. I watched an hour and 45 minute movie where these two barely fucking peck on the lips at the end of it, and she gives him the most soulless... Fucking standard holiday greeting ever, and I have no way of knowing if any of this was for not or for whatever. Honestly, I think what happened. One, you know what I honestly think happened? They kissed. I think he ripped her pants off right then and there, and he. <laughs> I almost got so unnecessarily vulgar. <laughs> Fuck it, it's an hour and twelve minutes, and they're not listening no. anymore. He ate every hole on her body in front of that Chris. ugly ass tree. Chris, that's she didn't react at all. <laughs> and then she told Bella in front of her piano recital the next day. You're gross. And then he went begging for his job from Larry Link again. And then the credits roll. Oh yeah, you think we're done? We're not done. The credits start rolling, and like the credits have broken down like like individual families and in different like parts of the movie. And then we notice. <laughs> like, typically you have, like, the, the character names on the left, actors on the right, or vice versa. Sure. Right? But there's consistency. Yeah. Not Deck the Heart. Not Deck the Heart. At one point, and that's why I think it was confusing when I was talking about with the Franzes. Yeah. Because at one point, like, on the left, it says, like, Mary Block. And then it says, like, you know, Ashley Brinkman. On the left, it says, uh, you know, Chris Ackerman. On the right, it says Joe Keurig. On the left, it says... Uh, uh, you know, Tracy Nettles. And it's like, there's no character named Tracy Nettles. And over on the other side, it says like, oh, waitress. They, they couldn't even put the, they couldn't even align the credits properly. They couldn't make it uniform. In one little section or paragraph, I feel like it was a fucking pattern. Like every other one was in a different order. It was awful. I couldn't fucking believe it. You were very mad. Because it's not hard to fuck, it's not easy, it's easy. Like, what did you... Did you say words? No, because this movie didn't say words. This movie couldn't type words! 
We already gave the MVP to Artie Stein, right? Yeah, who who is that? Uh, I think his name's like Al Sapienza or something. He's He's got the most Italian Jewish name I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. Hold on. I mean, look up Deck the Heart on IMDb for the fourth fucking time. Right, because there is also, there's no Wikipedia. No, why no? Why would there be? It's not even on uh, Robert Picardo, who plays Larry Link. Which, by the way, that guy really fucked up. Like, how was that guy not the MVP of this movie? The guy that's been working for fucking 40 years? Um, the, uh, yeah, Al Sapienza as Artie Stein. What else is the guy in? Oh, he was on The Sopranos. Of course he was. Award- His name is Al Sapienza. <laughs> yeah, you're right. What the like, fuck do you think? Award-winning portrayal. What awards has this guy won from The Sopranos? Oh, man, he's on The Sopranos for five years. House of Cards? Okay, this guy's a real actor, too. No wonder this guy was, was good. Um, hold on. Now I'm just going to find what awards he won. Hold on. Trivia? Canada? Nope. Where are your awards? You don't have an award section in IMDb, buddy. You're lying. Um, it's so hard to determine an LVP between the two. Didn't you watch that big George Foreman movie that we had? No, I didn't. It wasn't. Oh, he was in it. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. You give them checks, Al Sapienza. Uh, What's his name? Al Sapienza. What is it? Al Sapienza. Huh? It sounds like the name of a Mexican restaurant that just opened. Well, we're going to go to Al Sapienza tonight. You want to come? They have good two-for-one mojitos. Um, Yeah, man, this, this dude's been in a lot. How can we determine who the MVP is between these two fucking wretched people? I th- there's no wrong answer, but I think I have a preference. But I want to hear what yours is first. For what? LVP? Who's LVP? Between, obviously, either Mary or Chris. There's nobody worse. I mean, there are worse people, but, like, both the no, other no, dad. No, no, it can't no. be Chris's dad. It can't be Mary's dad. Uh, it's Chris's mom. No. <laughs> you actually know who I think Chris's mom is? I think it's Eric Roberts' wife. It is. It is. It's Emma Roberts' stepmother. I can't... In all honesty, she would be an MVP candidate for me because she did her job effectively. I guess. You I know guess what I mean? right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know. I am inclined to go with Mary. Just because she had those dead eyes. The facial expressions yeah. is really the key. Line delivery and emoting... Is this is it pretty much a wash, but her reaction to surprises and emotions, and then the fact that there are so many times that she just looked at you like Bambi about to get hit by a fucking forerunner is, and he, he he's not much better, but at least he, at least his awfulness kind of made sense with what the character was, right? Sure. He is a monotonous by the books, by the numbers ad exec guy she's supposed to be this like chirpy you know creative creative person and she's got the fucking personality of escargot so i think we're gonna go with her okay ashley brinkman is the lvp of a movie and i looked her up it looks like she's been in a bunch of horror movies and i might try to seek one of them out because i would really like to see her die (laughs) even if it's just a character she was in a she was in Deadly Yoga Retreat, and she was in Malibu Horror Story. Okay. So, uh, oh, this one Deadly Yoga Retreat. Uh, Aaron Samuels, Jonathan Bennett is in it as the mean actor. Oh, yeah, I might have to track this one down. She's not credited on the uh, the box. That's not a good sign. Um, 
A woman in a bad marriage decides to go on a yoga retreat. However, members start to disappear one by one. Uh, looking that up. Looking that up later. God, she's in nothing but these. The Maltese Holiday. Welcome to Hope. Like, she has never been in anything. Like, something called Knuckle Bones. Knuckle Bones. Knuckle Bones. Uh, like, at least the other, like, at least Chris Ackerman, uh, the guy, guy who plays Chris Ackerman, he's been in, like, like, this is what he does. Like, he is in these Christmas movies. You know what I mean? He also is in something called Baby Oopsie 2 Murder Dolls. Did, what did you did you just make that up? God damn it! What? He's from Cleveland. Of, of course, course he, is. he is. Yeah, he's from Cleveland. To, sh- to quote Phil Brooks, Cleveland. <laughs> um, it's a it's a travesty that we did this in the middle of the week and we didn't do what we've been doing for Neil Breen and Birdemic movies. But honestly, I think oh, this man, one. But have you seen the cover of? Baby I, yeah. Oh, I, wait, I, God. It's a series? It's a, well, they didn't start with Baby Oopsie 2. No, 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 but there's also a TV series. So there's Baby Oopsie the series, Baby Oopsie 2 Murder Dolls, Baby Oopsie 3 Burn Baby Burn. Just look at this cover for me. I, I did. Just look at this cover I right did. here. Look at that. Oh, man. Look at this one. The, 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 this is from the Demonic Toys universe. We have to stop building universes. We have to, people. I'm begging you. Please. All right, now hold on. I'm going to go to Amazon right now. <laughs> Baby Oopsie DVD. This is less than, this is $5 less. I'm buying it right now. $13.76. We're good. What was it? Deadly Yoga Retreat? Yeah. Deadly Yoga Retreats. It is a no. It's just on Prime Video or not available on Prime Video. And then was the other one I was uh, talking about? Maybe Oopsie. Oh yeah, those were the two. Okay, never mind. Not getting another one of those. Um, like I said earlier, the link to this movie will be available in the description of the podcast. Yeah, have a good time. Watch it. Like, if you want. To know that we're not full of shit. We are. Watch it. We are. are, But watch it. Fucking take drugs. Vindicate us. Fucking have a drink. And sit down and watch this movie. And tell me that the next 48 hours of your life are not going to be immediately impacted by it in one way or another. (laughs) For better or worse. What are you giving this movie? I mean, it's a tough call. It's a really tough call. I mean, it was just... There was a lot of things going on. Um, I, I, I don't think it was better than Love Lights Hanukkah. It's, it's not. And that movie was a two. Yes. So there's only two options here. Yes. Either a one or one and a half. Can I go 1.25? No, you cannot. Can I go a one? You can go a one, yes. I'm going a one. I'm going a one and a half. I knew you were going a one and a half, you sucker! No, I'm not a sucker. I have two specific reasons why. Number one, for what I said at the jump. One, for me, has to be reserved for something that is just so egregiously, offensively bad, both in terms of... You don't think that this was? 
in terms of production, like, it's a movie. Like, it, it's not Birdemic or Birdemic 3 where it makes absolutely no fucking sense and there's it's littered with fucking technical gaffes. Or it's something that I just think is totally bereft of, like, attention or care. Like, like an epically bad movie like fucking Cats or something like that. The second thing I'll give it credit for is what I touched on just a minute ago and what I touched on throughout the podcast. This movie does have a pretty accurate depiction of what the holidays can be like with your mother. <laughs> so for that, I give it the half point bump. Okay. Okay, so fair. A 1.25 for fair. Deck the Heart. Fair. We'll be talking about this movie more in depth in uh, three weeks' time when uh, the Mullet Awards roll around. <laughs> uh, and that's going to conclude our holiday uh, episodes. <laughs> This year? Thank goodness. Uh, next week for your birthday. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, back scratcher in my face. Um, next week, uh, we'll be watching for your birthday, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We'll probably watch it this weekend as we're um, hopefully not totally sick from our COVID boosters and our flu shots. And then we're going to wrap the year up with Fast X. Wrap it up. And then uh, it's nomination time for the Mullet Awards. Then we got Oppenheimer, then we got Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick, then we have Won't You Be My Neighbor, then we have Fruitvale Station. We got a lot of good stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. This is the last totally shitty one we have for a while. Um, I just looked down at, at my, as you did that, this was what was on my, my phone. I, I <laughs> fucking, this is a dead-eyed, dead black-eyed baby. Um... And I lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, As you should. I was going to wish people a happy holiday. It was still happy holidays, but we'll wish you that again next weekend because next weekend uh, the episode will be airing uh, before Christmas Eve. So hope your holiday season is going well. Thank you for listening to the show. Make sure you're at arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Um, for, I, I, for you? Well, I was going to say, those Neil Breen episodes, they are hopefully coming. Um, We've got to figure out a way to to do them. Uh, This may be a little early, but I encourage you, if you want to make sure you don't miss the show, uh, email us or tweet us or reach us out. There may be some things changing with the show in the coming months. Maybe earlier than that. We will see. But the show will hopefully not have any gaps in uh, its availability. Yes. Uh, for me, at your host, Mo30 on Instagram, for you. At Jam with your Sam. And, uh, yeah, this will be it. And Samantha is been laughed to sleep. She is done. She is out. Samantha. Hey, come on. What? Please finish the episode. Oh, what? I wore you down with my, with my hilarity that much. No, it wasn't you. It was the movie. I'm still trying to recover. Thanks. What? <laughs> asshole. Oh. I'm so sorry. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movie. We had some Chris and Mary chemistry right there. If we ever had that chemistry. What I, chemistry? We, we would have. Chem- what would've... chemistry? We have great chemistry. No, no, no. I'm talking about them, not you and I. I know we have good chemistry, you fucking idiot. I was talking about them. I was saying what chemistry in relation to them, the characters that you were comparing us to. See, Mary isn't telling that to Chris.
Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.